you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. God bless you. If you have your Bibles and would turn with me to the book of Matthew, the fourth chapter, I'm going to begin with verse number 18 from Matthew chapter 4. I link my remarks with Brother Spencer this morning. To all of our guests that are here this morning, thank you so much for being here. We hope you find this a good place to call home. We welcome you this morning. God bless you. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. Amen. Every child of God is on a journey. And oftentimes in that journey, it may be places that we have never been before. In the New Testament, Jesus and his disciples took several journeys. And I want to read about one of those follow me moments from Matthew, the fourth chapter, and verse number 18. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And straightway they left their nets. Everybody say straightway. In other words, they didn't ask where, they didn't ask how long, they just followed him. They left their nets and followed him. For a little while this morning, I want to talk to you about following God on the journey. Following the Lord on the journey. Lord, we need you this morning. Lord, your spirit has already been in the house during our worship. The inspiration of the Holy Ghost has already fell in the house this morning. And God, I'm praying that as I preach your word today, that your inspiration... An anointing rest upon the messenger today, for Lord, I am weak and humble. Lord, as I stand before you this morning, incapable of doing the job that is set before me without your help. I pray, God, on every person that is here today, Lord, open our hearts to your word. Open our minds to receive and our hearts, God, that your spirit may have its right of way. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, I'm on the journey. I'm on the journey. God bless you. You can be seated. What many of us fail to realize oftentimes 
is that it's not the destination, but it's the journey where we will find our greatest sense of fulfillment. Far too many end up shipwrecked between the beginning of a promise and the fulfillment of that same promise because they quit in the middle of the journey. They start well. They intend to finish well. But it's what happens between the start and the finish that is called the journey that really distinguishes those who are going to hear him say well done and those who will not. Every step of the climb up the mountain is putting you one step closer toward the destination. But the Bible declares to us that we must run this race with patience. We must, in other words, allow the journey to unfold. It may not be the destination that you had hoped for. It may not be the path that you had hoped to take. But I'm going to tell you this morning that regardless where you are in life and what you have dealt with or what you are dealing with, that it's all part of the journey. But it will be worth it all some wonderful, beautiful day. When some folks are met by a little resistance, a little hardship, and sometimes major struggle, in the journey, they give up. They quit trying. They throw in the towel. They end up bitter about what they've gone through. They end up struggling in their mind and in their heart and in their spirit. They feel like that life will be easier by quitting, by throwing in the towel. Does anybody in the room understand what I'm preaching about today? If I'm not preaching to you this morning, I'll just preach to myself for a little while. But I know what it's like to feel like giving up. I know what it's like to feel like quitting. I know what it's like. I struggle sometimes. I struggle in my own mind. I struggle in my own spirit. I know every one of us do. It doesn't matter how close to God you are. It rains on the just and on the unjust. We all have days of struggle. If you don't get anything else out of what I say to you today, I want you to hear when I tell you that God has a plan for your life and God's plan. There will always be a time between the promise and the blessing. And that time is called the journey. And during that journey, there will be many days that God will test your faith to see if you have what it takes to finish the course. We need to find some joy along the way in the journey. If all we have is hardship and struggle, sometimes we all get caught up. I told my wife this week we need to find something fun to do. We need to do something fun. We've been, we've been in the trenches a little too long. We've had too many things, too much work, too much going. Sometimes I tell Sister Cheryl, she's a workaholic, keeps things going, thank God for her and for all the work that she does. Sometimes I just tell her, you need to take a day off. You just need to take a, put up everything, take a day off. Because how many of you know that sometimes we can become weary in well-doing? 
we become weary in well-doing. The Bible knew we would. The Lord knew we would. He declared to us, be not weary in well-doing. That means sometimes we got to get a little something in our spirit that says, I know I'm doing well, but the journey's about to get the best of me. But somehow i got to find some reprieve from the struggle and the hardship, and we got to find a reason. Sometimes we got to laugh at ourselves. Sometimes we need to just find a way to get around people, and it's not always about the labor and the work, but we need to enjoy the journey. I was talking to somebody the other day, and I said, you know what? We're real good at doing church together, but sometimes we're not real good at doing life together. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, sometimes we have good intentions. We're going to get together. We're going to have dinner. We're going to fellowship. We're going to go shopping. We're going to get our families together. We're going to go fishing together. We're going to go, we're going to do something fun. But we have a, sometimes we let life get in the way. We get weighted down. It's all the hardship. If you're not careful, your marriage will suffer because you get too caught up in living life, trying to accomplish, paying the light bill and putting food on the table and paying and then you think you need a nicer car and a fancier house and you get yourself so strapped down and so in such a a struggle that you finally reach the point that because your neighbor bought a boat, you need to buy a boat, but you're too busy working to have time to use the boat. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes we get so tied down in the journey, but I come today to tell you we need to find some joy in the journey. I'm not just talking about life, but we need to find some joy in our walk with God. And it not always be, I know we're in the middle of a season of prayer and fasting, a season of sacrifice, but it's not always going to be that we're going to be down and out. But I come this morning to tell you weeping may endure, but for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. Anybody ready for some refreshing of the Holy Ghost to come into your life and you feel the strength and help of the Lord? First Peter chapter 1, verse number 6 declares, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than that of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. The journey is the time that God is using to transform us from what we used to be to what He wants us to become. You may not be there yet. You maybe haven't arrived yet. Anybody feel weak sometimes? Any any of you this morning could be strong enough and brave enough to admit that we're not always everything we ought to be. But when we look back over our life, we know, thank God, we're not where we used to be. We're in the middle of the journey. God is forming us. He is allowing us to go through testing times and times of trial. He is chastening us. He is trying to form us. It is that endurance that prepares us for the greater things that God has for our future. The journey is the space of time that God is using to perfect and develop us so that we are more usable in His hands. Maybe the journey is the purpose that God has 
has for your life today. Sometimes we wonder why do the doors not open? Why are the opportunities not coming my way? It may be that God has put you in a season in the journey that he's trying to work some things into you and work some things out of you. But you've got to have this season in your life so that you will be developed and become what God wants you to become. In Isaiah, the ninth chapter, in the eighth verse, the scripture said, The Lord sent a word into Jacob and it lighted upon Israel. I've given you my revelation of this before, but I want to share it again this morning. Joseph was the son of Jacob. His name was changed to Israel. The word of the Lord that came to him was not speaking to Jacob, because Jacob but it was a word that was put into Jacob's seed. It was not for this moment, but it was for the future. Can I preach to you this morning? Sometimes God puts a word in your spirit, but it's not for today. It's for where he wants to take you to. Mm-hmm. Sometimes God brings a word of prophecy, a word of faith into your life, and it is what he is trying to get you to realize this is where I'm taking you to. But right now is not your season. Right now is not your time. Let me help you this morning to understand that David was anointed to be king while he was just a lad in his father's house. David was anointed to do the work of the king, but David was not yet ready to become the king. He had to go through some formidable formidable years. He had to go through some testing and he had to go through some trying and he had to go through some trials and he had to go through some desert places and he had to tend some sheep on the backside of a Midian desert and he had to fight a giant and he had to fight a lion and a bear with his bare hands and he had to run from Saul and he had to oh yeah he had to go through. He wished at moments that he wouldn't live. He messed up. He made mistakes. He failed God. But eventually the Lord said, you remember the word that I put upon you when you were a lad? It wasn't the time. But I sent you through the years of journeying. But now I'm bringing you out the other side so the word can have fruition into your life. God sent a word into Jacob. But it wasn't for Jacob. It was to be formed into Israel. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 1 says, But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and formed thee, O Israel. Oh, can I help you this morning? There may be some of you who were born. You were born an Isaac. You were born... You were born an Andrew. You were born a Daniel. But God had bigger plans than an Isaac or an Andrew or a Daniel. But the plan that God has for you is to form you into something greater than what you were born with. Many things that God has for our future can never come to pass unless we submit ourselves for Him to form some things in our life, to shape some things in our life. Jacob was created, but Israel was formed. 
I want you to get this. Jacob means supplanter or rascal or joker. He was born a supplanter. But God formed in him an Israel. Israel comes from the Greek word. Originally mean he hath striven with God. Or he has been saved by God. Get this this morning. This is Revelation preaching to you today. He said he has striven with God. Or he that has been saved by God. The name Israel literally means power with God. Let me try to tie this together. Jacob's name was changed to Israel. Jacob was was born a rascal. Jacob was born a joker. He was born a supplanter. But through some years of striving with God, through some years of God trying to save him, he comes out the other side with a changed name. Israel, after going through some striving and some forming, becomes an Israel. But Jacob could never become Israel until he went through the journey that was going to shape him and form him into what God wanted him to be. I'm preaching to somebody today because you're struggling, not understanding why am I going through what I'm going through? Why am I facing what I'm facing? Why am I feel, feeling what I'm feeling? I come this morning to declare in the name of the Lord, I am forming you through these years of the journey. I am shaping you through these years. But get ready. The promise that I spoke into your life as a lad, I will fulfill in your life. In due season, saith the Lord of hosts. That's how God works. Somewhere through the journey, the servant was prepared to see the miraculous. Could it be that everything we have gone through is just preparation for what God is wanting to fulfill in our future? We can either bail on the journey or we can get a mindset for the journey that says no matter what I deal with, no matter what I go through, no matter how long it takes, God has spoken a word to me. God has put something in me. Come on, CLC. We've got to decide we're still going to take the mountain. I wish I could preach this really. I, I, I wish I could preach it the way I feel it. My voice is not going to let me this morning, but I feel like yelling a little bit today. And I'm going to tell you why. Because it's burning in my spirit. But I've been at prayer meeting every night this week, and I prayed my voice out, and I got a little excited last night. I got up this morning, and I felt a little scratch in my voice. So I wish I had a little more voice, but I'm going to do my best. But I want you to know that when God promised us some, some things as a church, He's going to fulfill it. He promised us the city. He gave us the key to the city. He promised us a a harvest. This building is not the promise. 
This building was not the promise. This was just part of the journey. We had to have the building to house the revival that God is wanting to send us. But the promise is that your, your family is going to be saved. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And he's still calling people to repentance. I come this morning to tell you that the revival is not the building, but the revival is still to come. Right now we're in the journey, but I see the revival on the other side of the struggle. Come on, we got to take the mountain. We got to decide I'm going to climb the mountain. I got a mindset for it. It's a journey. It's a struggle. It's hard, but I'm going to make it. God has a big plan. It's wonderful. And we are in it. God has a big plan. It's wonderful. And I am in it. I want you just to say that with me, would you? God has a big plan. It's wonderful. And I, I am in it. God has a big plan. It's wonderful. <laughs> and I. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell him that's you. Mm -hmm. You want to know why you're going through it? Because you're in it. You want to know why you're struggling? You know why you're Because you're in it. God's developing it. The plan's... The plan is part of your journey. It's a beautiful plan. You're in it. Right now you're in the formation. You're in the struggle. You're going through it. It's a big plan, but God's going to fulfill it. But what you ought to be encouraged with this morning is that you're still in it. Maybe I'm up here all by myself this morning, but anybody had a week of struggle in your life? Mm-hmm. 2018 ended. I was ready to see it end. I was ready for 2019 to come. Only for 2019 to knock me upside the head. Maybe harder than what I had dealt with in 2018. Thank God for it. You know why? I'm still in it. Anybody feel like you're fighting for your very life? Anybody feel like you're fighting for your very existence? Anybody fighting for your sanity? Oh, don't answer. Anybody feel like you're fighting for your walk, fighting for your spirituality? You know why you're fighting? Because you're in the fight. <laughs> you need to look the devil in the face and say, I know I'm bruised, I know I'm weary, I, but I'm still in the fight. I know I've been knocked around, but I'm still in the fight. You don't know. You don't know. I think the writer said it right when he said, if you only knew what I was going to be after the storm, you would have never even bothered me. I got a feeling this morning that if somebody has a little fight, I know you feel like you don't have fight, but you got some fight left in you. You need to get up, pull yourself up, strengthen yourself, and declare I got a little fight left in me. Come on, you ought to give God a shout of praise in the house today.
This week hasn't felt so joyous to me. If I was living by feelings, this week I wouldn't be in this pulpit. If I lived by what I went through, I wouldn't be in this this pulpit this morning. And you know what the devil would like? He would like for me to say, you know what? I'm just going to give up in the journey. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows my sorrow. Oh, come on. Get your thumb out of your mouth. Get your thumb out of your mouth. Stand up and look the devil in the face and declare in the name of the Lord, I'm still fighting. I may be down. I may be weary, but I'm still in the fight. I know trouble comes, but trouble won't last always. Weeping may endure, but for a night, but my joy. Can I talk real to you this morning? There is a problem with jealousy in the church among God's people. I'm not just talking about this assembly. I'm talking about in general. We get jealous because somebody else is getting blessed and we're not. We get jealous. Ooh. I might need to spend a little time here. You were all with me a moment ago. There is a problem with jealousy among God's people. Somebody else gets the position and the pay raise and the increase and the new home and the new car. And instead of us saying, God bless them, they've been faithful. They've been climbing up the mountain. And the problem is sometimes we don't know what somebody else has been going through. Sometimes you don't know how faithfully and sacrificially somebody else has been giving when God blesses them. When somebody drives up in this parking lot that's been faithful to God and they're driving a new car or they walk in and all the family has new clothes, you ought to not get jealous of what God has blessed them with. You ought to say, God bless them. They must be being faithful because the Word of God declares that if we're faithful to Him, He'll be faithful to us. Some church has revival and everybody gets jealous because that church is having revival. You don't know how much praying they've been doing. You don't know how much fasting they've been doing. Before you get jealous and run your mouth, you ought to know how much sacrifice and labor and how many years of prayer that has gone into the revival. That's why not everybody's going to rejoice because they're filled with jealousy. But I'm telling you, revival is coming to CLC because there's a group of people that's been in the trenches, that's been climbing up the mountain, that's been faithful in their praying, faithful to prayer meeting, faithful to church attendance, faithful in their giving, faithful in their sacrifice, and the Lord's saying, I see, I see, I see what you're doing, and I'm going to reward you, because what you are doing in secret, the Word of God says He will reward you openly. 
You're just in training ground for what's coming. Your journey is your training ground. Now here's the deal. (laughs) We don't like this, but here's the truth of the message that I have to preach that none of us like. The journey reveals your weakness. Usually, the things that upset us the most are the things we know are true. Because they're pointed at our weakness. It may be that God is trying to work some of the things out of our lives because He has a plan. He wants to take us there. But right now, there are too many things that are hindering us from getting there. So until the weakness is worked out of us, until the perfection has worked out of us, has worked into us, until He gets some things out, He can't work some things in. Because failure and perfection do not work hand in hand. He has to work the failure out of us. He has to get us beyond the failure that He can work, do a work of perfection into our life. God is perfecting us before He elevates us. The perfecting, the journey was never intended to kill you or destroy you. It was intended to prepare you for the destiny that he has spoken into your life. Jacob was a dreamer, but God had to address the dreamer before he could address the dream. The dreamer always has the potential To derail the dream. Can I preach to you? Let me tell you why. I've had some people come to me and say, I don't understand. I've had a word of prophecy spoke over to me. But that prophecy never came to pass. I don't understand. I'm going to tell you why. Because prophecy, when it is spoken into your life, that word of prophecy that is spoken into your life, is the plan and potential that God has in you and He is sending someone to speak your potential into your ears because you are having a hard time seeing and believing and receiving where God is wanting to take you take you to. And so God sends a prophet along to speak the potential into your life. So the prophet of God comes and says, this is what God is speaking to you and what God is wanting to do. I'm trying to think of how to, how, how to get this to you. But th- the problem is, is that if we're not careful, we will prevent the prophecy from coming to pass because we fail every test in the journey between the promise and the fulfillment. The word of the Lord comes and says, I have a plan for you and I see you here and I see you doing that. And we're like, wonderful, give me the keys to my, to my Cadillac and my new house and give me the microphone and the position. 
give me all the things because that's where God's taken me. So I want to get all those, you know, I, I want to learn how to, I remember when I first, when, when, when I was younger, I first felt a call to preach when I was 13. I didn't admit that call or recognize that call or acknowledge that call until I was 19 years old. But I remember when I was 13, God called me to preach. And I didn't really know what to do, so I was just watching preachers. I was watching what they did. So I'd watch preachers, how they'd hold their Bible, how they'd come, how they'd walk onto the floor. I, I was 13. I'd pick up my Bible. I'd get it. I'd try to dress like the preacher, walk like the preacher. I'd get up. I'd try to talk like the preacher. I was trying to, I was trying to get all of those things right. I didn't have a clue. The issue was is when God called me at 13, he wasn't ready to begin to use me at that point. The plan was for him to use me somewhere down the road. The call was just as real at 13, but he wasn't ready to fulfill the calling in my life at 13. I didn't understand that then. His plan was to do it somewhere down the road. And so the issue is, is I, I did a lot of things right. I got my eyes. I was trying to prepare. I was trying. But then in the middle of all this, the Lord said, okay, I see you doing some things for yourself. I would study the scripture. I would read my Bible. I developed a prayer life. I had a fasting regimen in my life. I fasted one day a week. I prayed every day. I read my Bible every day. I tried to learn how to study my Bible. I, I, I was trying to, I, I was looking, I, when I started looking for a girl in my life, I was looking for somebody that had a desire for ministry. I was putting it all together. Anytime the preacher would talk about in your preparation for ministry, this is what you need to do. Man, I was taking notes. I was getting ready. I did a lot of things right. But then there were some things that the Lord said, all right, now you've got all that right. But I've got some things in the Spirit that you can only learn through the Spirit. And I'm going to take you through some dark days and through some trials and through some testing that you're going to say why? Why am I going through it? Why am I dealing with it? Why am I frustrated? I feel like giving up sometimes. I feel like throwing in the towel. But all that time the Lord said no this is part of the journey that I'm taking you through because I got a plan someday because he looked down the road at a 51 year old on a Sunday morning a cold Sunday morning in January that I was supposed to be on a platform preaching to a hundred or two hundred people and telling them stay in the journey because what God speaks into your life at 13 he'll fulfill in your life but you may be 51 before I fulfill it but don't be weary and well do it and don't get, don't get discouraged and don't quit because the journey is making you. And the greater your destiny, the greater the, 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 the work of in progress that is going to come into your life. Every person who has ever accomplished anything for God has had to go through their time of struggle. Moses was destined for, for greatness. But Moses couldn't even live in his own house. Moses had to live on the backside of a desert and ten sheep. Seems he and David had something in common. David was anointed, but he had to go ten sheep. Everybody, it doesn't matter who you are, there's a process. And the more, the more time you waste in the process, the more you resist 
the more you strive against God, the more time it's going to take for you to get from where you are to where you're going to. And as long as you keep wrestling with God and struggling with God, you're going to come out the other side with proof that you've been to God, but with, with God, but you may carry a limp through your whole life, Jacob. Because instead of submitting to God, you wanted to wrestle with God. You wanted to grab that. You wanted to grab that which God was trying to say, it's not your time, and so I'm going to give it to you early, but you're going to be hindered by it. It was a few months ago. My typically incredibly positive son came walking into the house on a Sunday afternoon after he had struggled through in Lebanon. Attendance was down. The crowd was down. I could hear the disappointment in his voice. His message didn't go the way he had hoped. His plans were derailed. Lack of funding. The struggle was real. He was carrying a heavy load. He was going through it. He was wondering, is it really worth it? The struggle was there. He came in. I had to sit down with him. And I had to try to encourage him. Normally, it's the other way around. This week, he came in. And he said, Dad, you doing all right? He could see it in my face. He could hear it in my voice. He knew there was a struggle. I'm going to tell you something. I thank God for my three boys. I thank God for the times that we're down, they'll lift us up. I thank God for a wife that will encourage me and strengthen me when I'm down. There was a time I was ready to give up ministry. I was ready to throw in the towel. Oh, go ahead and judge me if you want to. I know you never thought about giving up. I know you never felt like throwing in the towel. I know you never felt like quitting, but I, I, I've had those moments. Uh, you're, maybe maybe those, those real holy ones out here that's never had a day that you've ever struggled. Maybe you should come up and close this message for me. But I struggle. And I've had days of disappointment. And there was a time many years ago that I was struggling. And I was going through it. And I went in and told my wife, I'm giving up. I'm throwing in the towel. I'm ready to quit. She said, what you going to do? I said, I'm ready to resign. I'm ready to quit. I don't know anything about plumbing, but I'm going to go be a plumber. And she looked at me and she said, you listen to me. I know y'all think she has wings. But listen, she's a home missionary, meaning she does most of her preaching at home. To an audience that if we leave, we don't eat. She said, you listen to me. I didn't marry a quitter. And you're not quitting. And you stop talking like that. And you, 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 you get up and you get yourself together.
together. You go get some sleep and you come out tomorrow and we're going to win this battle. We're going to fight this fight. I couldn't tell you the number of times that my boys have come and put their arm around me. I was in prayer last night and Gentry who now towers over me had his arm wrapped around me and he was praying for me. Gentry that strength in your prayer your dad felt last night as you were praying over me and encouraging me and saying come on we can do it. Dylan those times in our home that you've led us to prayer and called us around the piano that just strengthens and you'll never know thank God sometimes you need to tune out the crowd of the negative that is saying quit, give up, stop look at everything that's wrong and you need to find yourself an encourager that'll say come on you can do it, let's do it together, we're going to make it together I'll walk with you I'll help you, I'll lift your burden for you I'm closing this morning but people of God I want to tell you this journey that you're in will get the best of you if you don't keep your eyes on the prize at the finish one of the most powerful things said to me this week in a week of struggle and hardship, in a week of bad news from doctors, in the, in the week of struggle, mental anguish. One of my boys looked at me this week and said, Dad, do you still have your eyes on the prize? Hmm. I'm going to ask you something, saints of God. Do you really remember what this is all about? It's not about how good this music team, and man, did they do a great job this morning. It's not about how good this music team did. It's not about a great evangelist that's coming in a couple of weeks. Going to come and we're going to be wild with powerful words from the Lord. That strengthens us, that helps us. The music leads us into worship. It's not even about a great building and good fellowship and good programs and places for our kids to go and things for our families to do together. It's much bigger than that. Do you have your eyes on the prize? Because if not, you'll get your eyes on the struggles of the journey. Brother Jerry, when you bury your mom and it's a hard day in life and business may struggle, family members go their own way and health causes you to struggle. Oh, yeah. It's easy to get your eyes on all of those things that are around you and say it's too hard. The burden's too great to bear. But I think that's why the writer said, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. That's why the writer said, forgetting those things which are behind and looking forth unto those things which are before me. I press. Come on, everybody say, I press.
You know what that means? That means between here and there, there's some things I got to press through. There's some things I got to push aside. There's some struggles I got to get through because life is around me. The journey's overcoming me, but I'm going to press through. I'm going to press through because I got my eyes on the prize. I'm not taking my eyes off of Jesus. I'm not taking my eyes off the finish line. Come on, saint of God. There's some folks in the room this morning. You ought to already be stepping out from where you are because the Holy Ghost is speaking to you. There's some that's been in the struggle and the journey's got you down, but you ought to step out this morning and let the devil know, hey, I'm still in the fight. I'm weak, but I'm strong enough to walk down to the front of this room today and ask the Lord for some strength in the journey because I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep fighting the good fight of faith. I'm going to stay in this fight. I'm going to stay in this race. Not everybody in the room is struggling this morning, but I want you to be led of the Holy Ghost. And there's some today that may be struggling. I want you to find your way to where they are this morning, and I want you to link up with them and let them know I'm going to be your encourager today. I'm going to speak to you today. I can do it. We can do it together. We can do all things through Christ. Come on, somebody ought to encourage your brother or your sister. You ought to strengthen somebody and let them know this journey's not going to get the best of you because I've been down the road where you are. I can struggle through with you. I'm going to fight with you and fight for you. Jesus is on your side. Jesus is on your side. Come on, let's respond to the word of the Lord this morning. In whatever way, find yourself a place to pray. Call on the name of the Lord. Whatever you feel to do today, but let God speak into your life. He's calling you today. I welcome you, invite you. There's room, plenty of room in the front. Why don't you just step out from where you are today and say, I'm coming forward with faith. I'm staying in the fight. I'm staying in the fight. I'm finishing my course. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. 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 The load may be heavy, but he's going to lift the burden. He's going to lift the burden. He's going to lift the burden this morning. Won't speak a word of faith this morning. The Lord said He won't put more on you than you can bear. He knew you could bear it. 
He knew you could bear it. He knows you have greatness in you. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, that's it, church. Minister one to another. Strengthen one another today with a word of faith. Pray one for another. Encourage one another. Oh.